0: Way too often we find ourselves, during this holiday season, this time of year, this Christmas season, being as ugly as our sweaters just by the things we do and the things we say. And last week, Ron discussed the need to steer clear of our thoughts, because our ugly thoughts can become ugly actions, and when they become ugly actions, we tend to hurt. Those around us, we tend to hurt other people. Today we're going to be talking about our ugly words. It's easy to say things to one another that can be hurtful. And we do it sometimes without paying much attention to it. And I think that God wants us to use our words to build each other up. God wants us to use our words to be encouraging to one another. Especially during this time of season. You know, time when we're spending time with our friends and family... During this Chris, Christmas, uh, Christmas season, can too often result in us thing of us saying things that later we would really like to take back, wish we hadn't have gone there, wish we hadn't have said that. Tensions can run high, and, and if we're not careful to tame our tongues, we find ourselves saying things that hurt those around us. We find ourselves saying ugly words. And I believe that if we're going to be Christians and if we're going to be calling ourselves Christians, that we should be careful about our choice of words. We, we need to be careful how we choose the words that we are going to communicate. And those words that we choose should be words of love to the people that we come into contact with, especially during this holiday season, because words are powerful. They're powerful. You know, there's that old saying that sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never harm me. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's a true thing, because I'm sure many of you out there over the course of your lifetime have been hurt by words that have been spoken to you. So words are very powerful, and I want to share an example with you. I'm going to to give you a list of words one at a time, and I want you to, to shout out whatever the first thought that comes to your mind about the word that I'm going to give you. Now, if I had been real creative or knew what I was doing, I would put a picture of this word or the word itself up on the screen, like Ron likes to do with my face and stuff, but I work more than one day a week, and I didn't have time to do that. Okay, I just said that, didn't I? All right. That's not true. That, that is not true. I actually saw him in here twice this week. So, But here, here's the game. I'm going to give you a word, and you shout out whatever comes to your mind when I say this word. Okay, everybody ready? Snow. All right. Hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> Love it. Christmas lights. Pretty, beautiful, okay. Eggnog. Oh, I got yummy and yucky at the same time. (laughs) Mistletoe. Kiss. Oh, yeah, okay, everybody's with that. But, But what I want you to get and understand is each and every one of those words evoke something to you. Some kind of immediate thought Some kind of immediate response. Some of those words maybe made you excited. Some of those words might have made you disgusted. Because if you don't like eggnog, you really don't like eggnog. Right? You either love it or hate it, it seems like. But words carry meaning. And it matters how and when we use them. So the first thing, if you're following along on the outline, the first thing I want you to to get is our words hold power. They hold power. It's a concept that is brought up time and time throughout our scriptures. In the Bible, the book of Proverbs consistently, it it references words and, and the mouths that use them. Proverbs is full of practical wisdom about how we can honor others with our speech. In Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says this The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. God gives us an incredible responsibility in the way that we speak, an incredible responsibility by the way we choose our words and speak them to each other. The Bible says in Proverbs that our words hold the power to life and death. Just let that sink in. How we speak to each other can be life-giving. I still remember things that were said to me, that were spoken to me um, it, all the way back into my younger years. I can still remember things that my parents said to me when I was little. I look back often on things that coaches said to me when I was in high school and college and uh, during those years when I, when I was a player. I, I can remember things that were spoken to me when Sandy and I were in our youth group called the God Squad back in the day and the things that those youth leaders said and instilled in us. Those things that were spoken encouraged me. They molded me. They made me into some of the thoughts and the person that I am today. And and though I have not attained anything worthy of any honors or anything, I do attribute much of the success that I have had to the experiences I had with those people speaking words of encouragement into my life at a young age. But, but on the other side of the, the coin, on the flip side, there are many people, and maybe some of you out there this morning, that have had things said to you that have been very hurtful. Things that have hurt your self-esteem. Things said to you that have damaged your emotions. Things that today are still holding you captive. Just by the choice of words that someone chose to speak to you. You see, we can say things that give life. Or we can say things that bring death. And the truth is that many of us as Christians overlook the simple truth that our words hold incredible power. It's during the Christmas season when we're we're surrounded by so many friends and family that we can really do some damage, some real damage by saying things that are hurtful to others and that can harm relationships. Even during a difficult season like we've experienced this last year and a half or so, We need to be more careful with the things that we speak. We need to be more careful with how we relay our thoughts to those people who are around us. We need to be more careful about the things we choose to say because being a Christian means that we need to be intentional and give an intentional effort to avoid ugly words and to leave people with things that discourage them in their own individual lives. Now, 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 no one understand. I'm not saying that we avoid the truth. <laughs> I'm not saying that we avoid very difficult conversations. But, but I think this morning we could all agree on the fact that there is a positive way and a negative way to convey truth to others. And if you're like me, there have been times in your life where you have just blown that. You've let the emotions get the best of you and you have blown that. And I hope today would be a day that we can reflect, a day that we can internalize, a day that we can look in the mirror and look at ourselves and know the times that we have messed up and be able to learn from that and take that and begin to choose our words in a different manner. In the book of James, we're given an extensive list of warnings about the kind of damage our speech can, can cause. In this book, James is addressing the early church. He's addressing those early Christians as they're learning how to, to interact with, with one another and to interact with each other in a way that will continue to promote and drive the cause of Christ, to move that cause forward. And James knew that everything that they had been working for up to this point, he knew that at any point in time, all of that could easily be undone by careless words. So he gives us this for our scripture this morning, James 3, beginning with verse 3 and reading 3 through 6. It says, now if we put the bits into the horse's mouths, so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, they are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also, the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, The very world of iniquity, the tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. James is teaching us that in order for us to Avoid using ugly words. We have to learn to control our tongue. He gives us a multitude of examples. Several examples here of large things being controlled by small items. James says that horses, as big and powerful as they are, can be controlled by putting a bit in their mouth and guiding them wherever you want them to go. That a large ship in the water can be controlled by a small rudder. And even the forest can be set afire, ablaze the huge forest by a single spark. And though it is small in relation to the rest of our bodies, if we're not careful, the tongue will control us. How many times have you received an email that just made you mad? Or or maybe you received a text that was frustrating and made you angry as well. And too often our first response to that is to fire something back, right? We want to fire back right away and give our thoughts and one-up that person that's just sent it to us. And all we're doing is expressing our anger and frustration back at those people. And no, it's taken me many, many years. At the age of 60, I have slowly learned to take some time before I respond to a situation like that. And what I have found is when I take time to consider those words, when I take time to consider what I want to say in response, I am more able to control my anger. I'm more able to control the words that I choose and keep from causing more harm or maybe hurting a relationship or causing a situation to escalate when it doesn't really have to. I'll just reflect and take time to choose the words correctly. Because without restraint, our words will lead us into a deeper conflict. Inevitably. So our words hold power. Second thing is something we need to do. <laughs> we need to put a leash on our lips. James 3, 7 and 8. And I'm actually going to I'm actually going to read this out. I usually study out of the NIV, and I like the way the NIV says this. So it'll it'll be on your screen, but if that bothers you, I, I want you to hear it from the NIV version. James 3 verses 7 and 8 reads this. All kinds of animals birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, We curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. You see, when uncontrolled, the scripture tells us our words can be evil and be like a deadly poison. And controlling our words is not easy. It tells us that. We can't tame it on our own. If we don't go to the power of the the, the Spirit of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to choose our words, we're going to continue to mess it up. We need the Spirit of God to empower us on what we need to say and how we need to say it and when we need to say it and when we need to remain silent. And I, I think there are a few practical ways that I want to give you that maybe you can think about. In order to help you with this since it's so hard for us to do on our own and the Bible says that we as humans can't tame our own tongue like we do the animals then maybe there's some filters that we need to process some things that we need to go through before we choose our words maybe somewhat like a grid to run your words through and the first one is this well what I'm about to say honor God I think the true test of our words is the way they reflect our Creator. We were made to be agents of love to other people that God created. We're made to be agents of love. And we have a choice in participating in that purpose. We get to choose whether we want to be agents of love or not. We get to choose if our words will be worthy and honorable to our Creator. So we need to ask ourselves, will what I'm about to say honor God? Second thing is this, will what I'm about to say honor the person that I'm saying it to? You know, honoring someone else means giving them respect. Honoring someone else means giving them some admiration in a situation. And we can do that in the way we speak to them. Not, I'm not saying you'll agree with them. I'm not saying you're always on the same page. I'm saying you can choose words to reflect love and say things that are truthful in a manner that expresses that love. We can ask ourselves how we might receive the words that I'm about to to speak. How would I receive those if they were spoken to me? How would I feel? How would I accept those? Because the person that we're speaking to is a creation from God. The person that we are choosing our words to speak to is part of God's masterpiece. And how we treat the creation says something about how we feel about the creator. We need to choose our words wisely. The third part of the filter, Will what I'm about to say be something that I will regret. You know, I think if we can lay our heads down at night and not wish that we could take something back, then probably that's a good indicator that we're choosing our words pretty wisely. Because ugly words can sometimes cause damage that can never be reversed. Never be reversed. And we're wise to ask ourselves these questions in order to control our tongue. Because as we've already stated, our words hold power. So we need to be careful. You know I think the reason our ugly words are such an issue during this season, during this Christmas time is because this time of of year is meant to be a celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the joy that a life in Christ gives us. And we as Christians are meant to be representatives of that joy. But then we sabotage it. By the way, we speak carelessly. Well, let's go back to James. James goes on to address that that part of it in chapter 3 as well. I'm going to move on to verse 9. Verses 9 through 12. It says, With it, with what? With our tongue, with our tongues. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. You know, each year, all over the world, not just here, but all over the world, there are people attending Christmas services and people singing hymns about the greatness of God. We go to some services where we light candles, right? You've been to one of those candle lighting services. We light candles and celebrate the birth of Christ. We sing songs like we did this morning. We sing Silent Night to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And then so many people leave those services, leave those worship experiences and turn right around and say ugly things to the people around them. And James believes that that's a problem. James believes that that's a problem that we need, we as individuals today, need to address. Because what James says in Scripture is, you can't have it both ways. Can't do it. You're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. And it shouldn't be that way. You cannot say that you love God and say those ugly words to the people that he created. Shouldn't be that way James says. You need to avoid that. You need to choose wisely. Christians shouldn't be so hypocritical to speak out of both sides of their mouths. James is giving us that through Scripture. And then the third thing on your outline, speak from your heart. Speak from your heart. Now, that requires a little bit of thought. And what that basically is saying is the words that we choose give us a picture, give us a window of what is in our heart. And for many of us, it reveals that there is a transformation that needs to take place from the inside out. In Luke chapter 6 verse 45 it says this, a good man brings good things out of a good out of the good stored up in his heart. Heart flows out of the mouth. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks What the heart is full of. So maybe the place we need to begin in changing our ugly words is actually a healing inside of us, in our hearts. Because let's be honest, sometimes we speak out of a broken heart and it causes us to lash out at others. Sometimes we speak out of a hurt heart and it causes us to be cruel to others. What this means is we have to take an honest look inside ourselves if we really want to choose our words wisely and we want to speak life into the lives of those around us. And I don't know about you, but this morning I want to get to where I know that I am speaking from a heart that is in love with God and a heart that is in love with his people. I want to allow an overflow of passion, an overflow of passion in my life, a passion for Jesus to be the reservoir of my language and my choice of words. And the first place we see this is in our close relationships. I'm sure there are some of you sitting out there and, and, you know, by the way, getting things like this ready, I just beat myself up (laughs) because I'm the worst of the worst. But it starts with our close relationships. I mean, how many of you in in your reflection know that, you know, when you're around people at work or you're around people in the community that even though you might not be in the best of mood, you know, the way you speak and the way you treat them is even better than when you get home and you lash out at those you truly love. I mean, we've all been there. We've all done that. So it it, it even starts in those close relationships. And I believe that that when our hearts begin to lean toward Jesus and our hearts begin to have that passion for Jesus and what he's done for us and what he's about, We will see that the words that are directed toward our spouses, the words that are directed towards our family, our children, and even our enemies will better reflect our love for Christ. In his book, Praying Circles Around Your Kids, Mark Batterson introduces a concept of speaking intentional words over your children. Who do you want your kids to be? Who does God want your kids to be? Who do you want your grandchildren to be? Who does God want your grandchildren to be? Mark says in his book, then speak that over them. I have a friend of mine um, who has a daughter and, and three sons and in particular with his daughter... He has done it time and time again. I know he has with the daughter. He does it with his, his sons as well, but I know he's done it with the daughter because I've heard her speak it herself. I mean, he he has said it to her so often that she can repeat it back to him, and she believes it. She believes she's beautiful. She believes she's kind. She believes she's strong. She believes she has worth. And in her words, she believes that she's a child of God. Made in his image. You see, our words carry meaning. It matters how and when we use them. And this Christmas, this season, I want to encourage you to use them to lift others up. To build them up. I mean, truly, may the birth of our Savior, may the birth of Jesus touch your heart in a way that is evident in how you speak to other people. I even want to ask you right now to take just a moment and let the Lord bring one person into your mind right now that this week you know needs words of encouragement. Someone that you can speak kind kind words to this week. And then make the decision to encourage them. Whether that's a phone call whether that's a text, whether it's a handwritten card or letter, whether it's a conversation over a cup of coffee, make time for it this week. Don't put it off. And if you're sitting out there this morning and you're feeling down, if you're sitting out there and you're feeling depressed, Maybe you're frustrated, maybe you're scared, maybe you're confused, any of those things. Take time as we get ready to sing, and you guys can come on up. Take time as we get ready to to sing this song of invitation to ask God to fill you, to fill your heart with love and joy and peace. And patience, and kindness, and gentleness, and grace, and mercy, and hope. Because if He fills your heart with those things, they can't help to overflow out of your speech and help you choose your words correctly. Yeah, it's been a tough year. I mean, when we left 2020, I think people saw 2020 like, uh, that's, that's one of those words that you'll always, yeah, 2000, that was that year. And then 2021 came, and you're, we're almost through 2021, and can, can you remember when it started? It's like, wow, maybe we can put all that 2020 behind us and go into 2021. And I don't know if it's been better or not. I know it's been a tough year. But we can choose today. We. God's given us the ability to choose today to make the best of what it is. The best of what we have. The decision to choose to use our words to express the love of Christ to others that we come into contact with. How important is it? And this wasn't even in my notes, but I want to... I I want to close with this as we get ready to sing. How important is it? In Proverbs 6, uh, 16 through 19, hear these words from Proverbs. There are six things that the Lord hates, Seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Things that the Lord detests. (laughs) Hates. <laughs> they pretty much come down to what's in your heart and what you're talking about what you're speaking so I pray today that for most of us it's a <laughs> it's a time it's a conversation with God to get our hearts right and allow that to flow through us and out of our mouth so that we can choose our words and speak Encouragement speak life speak life into the people you love Speak life into the people that you come into contact with this week There may be some of you out there that have have never experienced that and, and, and don't really understand or know that love that we're talking about that can live in us the power of that the power of the spirit living in us because you've never given your life to Christ and maybe today you're wanting to make the choice for Him to be your Lord and Savior and you want to give your life to Him. If that's the case, we'd love for you to come forward. We'd love to pray with you and, and help you with that. For others of it, it's just reflection. It's a time to look into our own hearts and our own lives and make better choices. And if you're here today and you're looking for a church home and you think that East Columbus Christian Church might be that church for you, we'd love to talk to you about that as well. The truth is we all have a choice to make in some way or shape or form. And during this time of invitation, I would ask that you make it. Would you stand and I'll pray and then we'll sing our hymn of invitation.